grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are well and healthy. When I became a transformational coach for the queer community, people asked me if I was being too narrow with who I work with. I got the same question when I opened my mental health clinic about five and a half years ago. And my answer has always been the same. I work with members of the queer community, allies, and advocates. I work with anyone, just not assholes. And when you are a coach or a therapist who is truly aligned with who they are and the work that they do, the right people will be drawn to you. And so far, I haven't gotten any assholes, so that should be a good sign. My guest today doesn't identify as queer, but is an advocate and ally for the community. She is also very creative. She is a published author, podcast host, and therapist. She addresses a subject that I think most of us try to avoid, death and grief. What does grief look like and what are the proper ways to grieve? We talk about these questions in today's interview. I hope you enjoy my talk with Edie Nathan. Well, hello, Chit Chatters. I am so glad that you're here with me today. I am very lucky to have my guest, Edie Nathan, today. And Edie is an author, a public speaker, and a licensed therapist. With her expertise as grief therapist, she interweaves her formal training as a psychotherapist with breathwork, guided imagery, ritual, and storytelling. You're also the author of a new book called It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. Thank you for joining me, Edie. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me, Melissa. It's always nice to have a fellow therapist on because I feel like we know life differently. (laughs) It's a very different life. (laughs) It is a very different life, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) For sure. So tell us a little bit, how did you get into the profession? So I like to tell the story. I was walking, I love to walk, and I was walking down a path and I saw this huge bird. I didn't know what kind of bird it was, but it was this massive bird and it it was very far away from me. And um, it was standing on one leg and I was really drawn to it. And I was like, wow, what's what's going on with this this bird? It's standing on one leg. And I started to talk to it because like I love talking to animals for whatever reason, it calms me. So I started to approach it just a little bit and it hopped toward me. And then we just kind of had this little dance. And I realized then that it had one leg and it was alive and it was fine and it was functioning. And obviously it was eating and and it got me into the conversation of grief and loss and how grief is very much like walking with one leg and knowing how to survive with that one leg. And I had a series of traumas and moments of grief, but it was that moment that helped me to really formulate where I was going next. Hmm. And it's very interesting that we all are going to experience some sort of grief in our life, but really there's no way of being prepared for that. We have to seek other people really to guide us through that grief, especially if it's the first time you're losing a loved one. It's just very hard if you don't have somebody to really talk to and let you know it's okay. 
Oh, yeah. You know, you, you just touched on something that's so important, the idea of giving permission to reach out. You don't mm. have to do this alone. That's like one of one of the biggest messages is you don't have to do this alone. There's no shame in reaching out and saying, I can't do this. And sometimes we, we don't even recognize it ourselves. But if enough people come to you and reflect back to you and say, hey, you know, like you haven't been in touch or you look like you've lost weight or you look tired and we're concerned. If enough people, you know, respond to you in that way, maybe it's time to listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to realize that maybe after a month, they might not come to you as much, but to still know it's okay to still be sad. Like you don't have to get over it right away. (laughs) There is no over it. Mm -hmm. And what I often uh, express is this isn't about getting over. It's about moving with. Mm. It's about doing a dance with your grief. And it's maybe a weird metaphor, the, the idea of dancing with your grief. It's kind of like when you dance with it, you invite it in and you say, I'm going to partner with you. If you push it away, if you say, no, 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 you're not coming at my door. You're not, you're not allowed in my home. You're not allowed with me. That the power within to push away actually keeps you exactly where you are. Mm, Interesting. Now, right now we're in a weird situation where we have a pandemic and we're losing a lot of people to the COVID virus. So have you seen like an increase in your work because of all this? Yes, the work has certainly increased and it's different, mm. right? It's a, it's a different kind of work. It's, we're living in what's called liminal space. And liminal space is where you're at a threshold, but you don't know what's going to come next. And we've been living in that liminal space since January or February, like what comes next? What's next? And we don't know. We, we don't know how to write it. We don't know how to plan for it. And so the therapy is, is often not about what happened in the past and how you live that in the present, but more, how am I going to just learn to be with myself in this place of not knowing what the next is? We're all planners to some degree. So, mm-hmm. And there's a grief in that. There's a grief of what am I going to do? How am I going to manage this? Who am I in this solace? Who am I in the quiet times? Our communication has been abruptly interrupted. How we go to work has been abruptly interrupted. And you, you know, as a therapist, you see people, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we're not seeing people. We're Zooming with people. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different way of interacting Absolutely. That energy gets lost. It really does. Completely. And and it's been quite an adjustment. And I know it's been a quite of adjustment for everybody during this time. And the feeling of that quiet time, I think sometimes that can be the scariest for people is when it's quiet. And then all this other stuff tends to come up too. Oh, yeah. It is so quiet. It is so quiet. The quiet actually causes us to go inward. And if you've been kind of an external person and you you get energy from being more extroverted than introverted, this may be a really, really, really hard time. Mm-hmm. It may be a time when the thoughts that come in have been thoughts that you've tried to push away for a real long time. And the way that I look at grief is it's not just from the loss of a loved one. 
Mm-hmm. It shows up in the the losses that we have in our lives. Like even right now, we are all, this is a, a collective grief. This is a grief that's not just ours, but in our community, right? In mm-hmm. our isolation, in our shared isolation around the world. So we have really been able now, I think more than ever, to see grief as, yes, it's a loss of a partner or a partnership or or the loss of a loved one or the loss of who we thought we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or who we thought we were going to be. Really. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. People who have lost jobs or, you know, education has changed yes. so much now. It's unbelievable. So it's everything is changing because of this. And you're right. We're all collectively experiencing this. And you and I had touched a little bit before we started recording was about um, the AIDS crisis and how that was a huge deal in the 80s and how people were able to address it differently than what we're doing right now. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a a good pre-conversation we had for sure. During the AIDS crisis, we we were able to gather. I mean, that was a big part of the healing even. You know, there were so many deaths, one death after another, and it was like, what is going on here? And and how are we, especially in the LGBTQ community, how, how are we going to harness our forces and gather and fight this and educate? And it was in that gathering that perhaps there was... A shared, a shared grief, a shared relief, but in the survivorship, there was also a thriving. This mm-hmm. is very different in some ways in that we're separate, we're isolated, we can't gather, we're told don't gather, and we're having to find other realms in which to communicate, gather, share thoughts, share ideas. And and then there's this, this sense of, oh, let's Zoom, let's Zoom, or let's go on WebEx or whatever the platform is. And it's foggy. It gets foggy minute after minute, day after day, not feeling a human being. Mm-hmm. I can see you, Melissa, but I, I can't smell you. I can't really feel you through this. I can look at your mm-hmm. eyes and know they're warm and they're endearing. And yet that face-to-face contact is so different. The The takes are so different and the, and the care and the holding is so different. So this is very much like the AIDS pandemic and I see it as a pandemic. It was worldwide. Mm-hmm. We were all affected. We didn't know what we were facing and it was constantly mutating. So you gave one drug and it worked for a little while and then it stopped working and it wasn't until they started to develop the cocktails and were able to do other kinds of research to to really help in ways that they they didn't know prior. And did it change our our ability to heal and help? Absolutely. And it changed the world of AIDS ultimately and really probably medicine, but that's not working now. Mm -hmm. And what worked for us then may not work completely for us now. Yeah. And when you mentioned about not being able to be in the same space as somebody, it just made me realize like how much I miss that touch, even if it's just like a, a hug or just a handshake. It's like there's something missing now. And it's almost like, yeah, you're right. Like, 
I've only probably hugged one person for the past six months. And that's hard. Yeah. You know, we're meant to touch. When babies don't get touched, they fail to thrive. When Mm -hmm. we as adults don't get touched, we're no different than that baby. We fail to thrive. And we've Mm -hmm. got to find other ways to thrive. How are we going to thrive in this time, in this moment? And within any community, there can be a sense of gathering. There can also be a sense of isolation. Certainly, within the community that that is the community that we're talking to right now mm-hmm. there's already a sense of isolation a sense of of silences that have been there for centuries mm-hmm. you know a sense of hiding and now it's like do we say if someone's had been infected not and with certainly with with hiv aids there were secrets there was hiding there was mm-hmm. maybe i shouldn't tell anybody or I need to protect. So if I am going to be in your company, maybe I need to tell you. And and it may be the same thing, except on a on an even larger global level. Like, do I tell people? Don't I tell people? Mm-hmm. What do I what do I say? Do I say I've got antibodies? You know, well, what exactly does that mean? You know? Yeah. So we're in a, a strange place of coming out in a way and seeing ourselves and needing to be touched and not knowing who's safe and who's not safe. And there's, there are those words again, Mm -hmm. who's safe and who's not safe. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give somebody who's struggling with this isolation right now? So this is going to sound probably really like a bland piece of advice, but don't do this alone. Mm -hmm. You know, you think, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. The more someone says they're fine to themselves or to others, that's when they might want to do a Mm self-check. And those self-checks can just be, am I eating? Am I sleeping? Am I, when was the last time I actually spoke to someone? When was the last time I took a shower? When was the last time I cooked a meal for myself or had a food delivery? Is, Is my fridge full or is it empty? And is it empty because I don't have the means or because I'm depressed or because mm-hmm. I'm feeling anxious? So that listening to the self comes in on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. So reaching out and saying, I could use some help. Could you just talk to me? Or I'm afraid or I'm not sleeping. And getting help if you need it, or maybe even reaching out to two friends, you only need one good one. Mm-hmm. That's so that's the first bit of advice. The the next bit of advice is 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 breathing and, and breath work. And I know there's a lot of narrative. I know, oh, I don't want to do breath work. I, I don't want to meditate. What's meditation? I can't meditate. I'm not asking anybody to meditate. Mm-hmm. Don't meditate, but take a breath. Mm-hmm. Just take a breath. What we know is if you just take in three good deep breaths, one, you clean out your lungs. Three deep breaths. See, there's a there's a cleansing that happens. Two, it's actually centering and focuses you. Three, it actually can ground you. Now, grounding doesn't mean like, oh man, like my voice has just lowered. It's just like your body has calibrated, like the vision of uh, have you ever been on a seesaw and you get mm-hmm. to that place on the seesaw where your your feet are off the ground and you're just kind of there and then you're just balancing and you're using all of you. And that's what a breath can do. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe it or not, they, they've done amazing, amazing studies on just having a few breaths. Mm-hmm. And then the other is checking your narrative. What's your narrative? What are the feelings in your narrative? I can't do this is part of the narrative. It's a, it's a, like a negative thought or in psych terms, cognition. And checking what your, what your thinking is, what your processing is like, and maybe changing it around to a more positive cognition. I talk about this in, in my book, and even though the book is called It's Grief, I'm talking about all different kinds of grief, not just the loss of a loved one. Mm. The other, the last piece is that this is a hero's journey and you enter as yourself and you face darkness and you face, and this is like a spiritual emergency right now. And you're maybe in the depths of, of that cave where you're facing yourself, just as we talked about the self that you have not yet met the self that feels agitated or doesn't know what the next step is or who has been fired from their jobs or maybe is now realizing, wow, you know, I think I'm going to have to come out. Mm -hmm. Whatever the conversation is, like these are crucial, crucial times that beg for crucial conversations. And in that cave, you start to come out. And so many people now are talking about this new, the, the, the new normal I'm phrasing it as the new ordinary. Can we get back to what's ordinary, but it's going to be new because we're forever changed. And perhaps part of the tool is to recognize it's okay to be in the darkness. It's a spiritual emergency, but from that there can be spiritual emergence. Mm -hmm. And from that you begin to have conversations around loss, around grief, around who you have become as a result of this space. Mm. Well, Edie, thank you so much for all your wisdom today. Where can people find you if they want to talk to you or get your book? My book, it's easy. It's on Amazon. It's uh, Edie Nathan, and uh, it's spelled kind of strangely, so it's E-D-Y, and the last name is Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N. And uh, just come to my website. If you get to my website, there's a free download of a meditation and there's lots of really great information. And it's just my name, edynathan.com. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Edie, for joining me today. And I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, chit-chatters, make sure that you go and pick up Edie's book and head over to her podcast and have a listen. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe and rate and review this podcast so that we can share it with the rest of the world. All right. Until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.